0: Welcome to the first episode of In Focus, a production of Cronkite News. Each week, we'll be exploring the issues that matter to young people in Arizona. I'm your host, Taya Francesca-Price, and in this week's episode, we are focusing on a condition that has been called the invisible disability. This condition occurs in one in every 64 people in the state of Arizona, and this condition is called autism.
1: It's sometimes like you don't really know where your body is in space,
0: especially when the anxiety gets up there. Symptoms of autism and related disorders like anxiety and social processing disorder can make daily life really challenging. Today, we hear the story of one person who has overcome those challenges with the help of a service dog named Casey. Oh my gosh, she
2: goes places by herself now. Um, Before, she didn't want to go anywhere by herself. It was always had to have somebody go with her but now that she's got Casey, she goes places
0: by herself. Cronkite News producer Ben Flores brings us our feature story.
3: Lindsay's a 25-year-old student at Yavapai College, and she lives in Chino Valley, Arizona, a town about 20 miles north of Prescott.
1: I have autism and sensory processing disorder and uh, social anxiety disorder.
3: One of our photographers, Jojo Huckabah, and I made the trip to Prescott to go talk to Lindsay. Quick note, it's pronounced Prescott not Prescott. I've lived in Arizona all my life, and I've been pronouncing it wrong the entire time. Anyway, we met Lindsay at a buzzing location, Prescott's Gateway Mall. This is the kind of place Lindsay used to avoid because of her overwhelming anxiety.
1: I wasn't able really to do anything myself, be independent, I wasn't able to go like shopping or anything.
3: Life was not easy for Lindsay during her teenage years, as she was diagnosed with autism midway through high school.
1: High school was the worst. (laughs) Um, In middle school I had one friend that was like always there with me and because I had that one friend I was okay but then in high school I didn't have that friend and I was just had just been diagnosed with autism and I was actually really severely depressed and um, they wouldn't give me any accommodation at school because i had already passed my AIMS testing.
3: She explained what it was like to socialize when anxiety was at its worst. What it was like to make friends.
1: Yeah I with autism the thing is that I want to make friends but I don't know how to make friends
3: Now Lindsay has a service dog companion named Casey a 6-year-old poodle schnauzer mix Lindsay got Casey through United Animal Friends in Prescott 2 years ago Casey was trained through Yavapai College programs and a service dog training program called Dandy Dogs Casey is a smaller dog probably just a foot or two off the ground She has brown hair and is kind of scraggly looking like a schnauzer usually is she has beady brown eyes and she wears a service dog vest with autism patches all over it. With Casey, Lindsay is able to go places and break through her anxiety. Casey uses a process called grounding to help Lindsay when her anxiety reaches a high. Casey sits on Lindsay's feet, literally grounding Lindsay.
1: With autism and with other sensory processing issues, um, it's sometimes like you don't really know where your body is in space, especially when the anxiety gets up there. And so grounding is like keeping your body in reality and like keeping your mind in reality. So like when she sits between my feet or between my legs and puts her paw on my foot, it keeps me grounded because it keeps me like my feet on the floor and I'm here and she's here and she's there on me. Um, When I'm having a meltdown or anxiety attack and she's licking my face, that grounds me and keeps me in reality so that I don't like get too overwhelmed in the anxiety attack because typically before I had her a meltdown or anxiety attack would last like 45 minutes to an hour and then with her it only lasts like 10-15 minutes.
3: With Casey she now has a sense of confidence and a life that isn't controlled by the stress of her disability.
1: I'm able to say okay if I start to get overwhelmed she'll let me know and I can use her tasks to help me bring myself back down either that or to leave the situation before it gets too overwhelming.
3: We went to another location that would have been stressful for her without Casey, a target. Before we went in, Lindsay told Casey to shake.
1: Leave it, stay, leave it. No shake? Casey, no shake? Good girl.
3: As you know, dogs just randomly shake, but apparently, as a service dog, Casey is able to hold in that itch or any other reason she needs to shake until Lindsay tells her it's okay to shake. A random shake from Casey could be distracting for Lindsay. As we were making our way around the store, Lindsay then told us a couple of funny stories about being with Casey, and that's when I got the sense that she was finally getting comfortable with Jojo and me.
1: So there was one time that I was sitting in the food court with her and there's popcorn all over the ground and she left it alone like she's supposed to, and the guy in the food court was like, Oh doggy, you're not doing your job. You didn't get the popcorn off the floor. It's not the job's job to clean the floor for you.
3: Lindsay has trouble navigating her way out of places like Target. So Casey just leads the way.
1: She actually is trained to find the exit, and I've got a handle that I don't actually have on her right now, but that's what the D-rings are for, that she'll, like, and I haven't done it in this big of a place yet because we're still kind of learning it, but she'll guide me to the exit with the handle. Not like a guide dog, but just, like, it's called momentum pull, where it's just, like, just the forward pressure to, like, keep me grounded as we get to the exit.
3: To get more insight on autism, I talked with Professor James Adams, He's a professor at ASU's Ira A. Fulton Schools of Engineering and an autism researcher.
4: The most common use for service dogs for people with autism is as a social animal, so to help them learn to socialize, uh, so an animal that is trained to pay attention to them and interact with them, and also to uh, help build a social interaction with. Sometimes service dogs are also used for special cases, for example, to help sense Uh, if a seizure is about to occur for people with epilepsy. But those are the two main reasons.
3: My big takeaway from Professor Adams was that service dogs could help teach people with autism how to socialize. Researchers at SARC, or the Southwest Autism Research and Resource Center, are doing all kinds of studies on autism. Nicole Matthews, a research scientist at SARC, was a little more skeptical about whether research really backs up the value of service dogs for people with autism.
0: A lot of families report success with service dogs, Um, but there, to my knowledge, isn't a lot of evidence supporting it, so more research probably needs to be done.
3: Lindsay and her family don't share that kind of skepticism. She's not only able to do things she previously couldn't do, but she also has aspirations to go to school out of state. She wants to go to Brigham Young University, either the main campus in Utah or the one in Idaho. After Target, we drove over to Chino Valley to where Lindsay's mother, Trish, teaches special education at Heritage Middle School. Apologies in advance if you hear a camera shuttering. We made sure to get a lot of pictures.
2: Oh my gosh, she goes places by herself now. Um, before, she didn't want to go anywhere by herself. It was always had to have somebody go with her. But now that she's got Casey, she goes places by herself.
3: And going back to the out-of-state college thing, what, what's your opinion on her leaving Arizona?
2: I'm all for it. I, you know, I raised my kids to fly. I didn't raise them to keep them right here. I know she'll come back, so you know, typical kids leave and go to college.
3: How, how worried are you for Lindsay? like just throughout the day? Like how often do you worry about her when she's just being independent?
2: I don't anymore. I used to. Um, when she first started driving, we had to get her a GPS and she still has to use GPS because she can't find her way out of a box. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but she was raised in this little small town and she still, you know, had a hard time finding her way around. So we did, you know, we got our GPS. So anything to help her be independent. And that's, that's my goal is for her to be completely independent.
3: There's no doubt in Trish's mind that Casey has helped Lindsay become much more active. I was surprised by Trish's answer. About how she isn't afraid or nervous at all about Lindsay going off into the real world without her. And actually, she seems very excited. This confidence in Lindsay is all in thanks to the help of Lindsay's little poodle schnauzer companion, Casey. After a sit down with Trish... I got a chance to meet with the person who helped train Casey and someone who has meant so much to Lindsay. Her name is Andy Lloyd. She holds programs at Yavapai College and she is the owner and trainer at Dandy Dogs.
4: I expect um, really high-end skills as far as handling skills go. Alongside that, their dogs are learning tasks for their disability.
3: Andy has watched Lindsay grow up throughout the dog training process. Andy says every time she thinks of Lindsay graduating her dog training program at the college, she gets a rush of emotions.
4: I think one of the most touching things for me was watching Lindsay graduate from the Yavapai College program. She got her um, one of her certificates and was graduating on, on in the stage in a cap and gown in front of hundreds and hundreds of people. It brought tears to my eyes because I know Lindsay would not have been able to do that had her not be, dog not been beside her. Dogs are just miracles in themselves that they, that, that they survived us for all of these millions, thousands of years. But um, <laughs> um, getting them people to pair up and, and be like this, be a team together, that's, that's, and that's what Lindsay has learned to do.
0: If you have experience with autism or anxiety, we'd love to hear your story and receive your feedback. Find us on Twitter at Cronkite News or Facebook at Cronkite News Online or submit the feedback form on our website, CronkiteNews.azpbs.org slash podcast. There, you will also be able to see photos from this story captured by Cronkite News producer Jojo Hakaba. Ben Flores now joins me in studio. Hi, Ben. Thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So first thing first, I thought this story was very interesting, and I'm just wondering what prompted the idea, and how did you go about discovering Lindsay?
3: Well, I did a story last year about veterans of PTSD and relations to service dogs, so I wanted to revisit the the service dogs. So what I did was I was looking outside of Maricopa County for a story idea, so I googled Prescott service dog training, trainers, and uh, what I found was the Dandy Dogs program from Andy Lloyd. And I saw that she had a relationship with Yavapai College. So what I did was I went on Facebook, I Facebooked Yavapai College graduation dog training, and what popped up was a graduation ceremony for dog training last year. And on it was, um, I had a picture of the graduation and had the names of Lindsay and Casey. So what I did was I found I found Lindsay on Facebook, and I DM'd her, and that's how it started. It's the power of social
0: media. And so I'm wondering, what did you find surprising or interesting about covering the story? I'm sure there was a lot.
3: Oh, yeah. We went to Target. And so we were just walking around. She was laughing, making jokes. She was making conversation like there was nothing wrong. And she was more talkative than me. So I just, I thought it was amazing how much of a difference Casey made on her. Another thing that I found interesting was that when we left Target, she actually has a command for her to pee so the command was casey pee and then the, this dog just pees you know so i i'm like did this just happen you, you have a command for this dog to pee she's like yeah you know just so she knows when to pee i was like oh okay
0: <laughs> i wish my dog was so obedient um but that's another thing. I, I have to confess that when I see a dog, I'm one of those people that makes a direct line towards it, and I'm always like, can I please pet your dog? So when when you were walking around, did you notice that there was a different, I guess, perception of her from the public, or, or what did you see?
3: Yeah, I, I definitely felt that. Um, when you're walking by yourself, you don't really feel eyes on you, but when I was with Lindsay and Casey, I could definitely feel that people were watching us. When we were in the mall, this woman was actually staring at Lindsay and Casey, and I was wondering, you know, what's this lady want? But what ended up happening was this this woman approached Lindsay and asked for a business card for a service dog trainer, and uh, Lindsay had a card for her, and she gave it to her. And also, we were walking around the Prescott uh, courthouse. Um, There were a lot of people walking by, and a lot of people, you know, wanted to pet her dog. And, you know, I got got really anxious, actually, uh, just being there with her. I'm like, well... Don't you get nervous with all these people looking at you wanting to pet your dog and Lindsay just said no i'm not I'm not nervous anymore i you know I, I've gotten used to people trying to pet my dog, but as long as they're respectful about it and they ask permission, I don't mind. I'll usually say no because she's working whenever she's out with me
0: so Casey is a poodle schnauzer, right, so she's a smaller service dog, and I'm wondering from your observation, do you think that maybe small service dogs are regarded differently by the public
3: yeah i I definitely think so. When I think of a service dog, I think of golden retrievers, labradors, German Shepherds. I don't think of poodle schnauzers. That's just me though. And uh when Jojo and I went to Prescott, we actually talked to one of Lindsay's friends. Her name's Nikki Rec, and Nikki was in the same dog training program as Lindsay. And Nikki has a small dog too. Uh the dog's a chihuahua named Bear. So um, we asked her, "Hey, did you experience any, you know, people calling you out for having a small service dog?" And yeah, she give us she gave us a story, and uh, here's the clip from that.
1: I was actually training with my best friend, who has a German Shepherd service dog, and we were actually here in the mall, um, and we were doing a training session, um, and we came out of some store, and a lady um, looks at both of us and kind of chuckles at me and and says that like there's no way that my dog could ever be a working dog a lot of people just don't think that chihuahuas are capable of anything but being yappy and snarly
3: even though my idea of a service dog is different than you know what bear is bear is a service dog and i just don't think it's okay at all for people to actually go out of their way and say hey i don't think your dog's a service dog are you kidding me yeah, that's. I just think that's crazy.
0: Well, I'm glad that we got to hear from Nikki. Uh, and so I'm wondering, what do you have coming up next, Ben?
3: So this story takes place in Yuma. It's about a family, and in that family, uh, a four-year-old son has autism. It's high-functioning like Lindsay's, but he has more violent tendencies. It's just one of the unfortunate symptoms of autism. So the story is about how this family in the foothills of Yuma gets by with having their son, a four-year-old son who has autism, whether they need to go to Phoenix or San Diego, the closest major city for treatment, or if Yuma does in fact have the resources that they need.
0: Great. Well, we're really looking forward to hearing that story. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. And coming up next week, we'll hear about what policy changes in Washington D.C. regarding health care could mean here in Arizona. Cronkite News Reporter to Naples will join us in the trump administration obviously a lot is going to change and i wanted to take a look at what would specifically affect people here in arizona uh, mostly young people and people in lower income brackets and see how that would impact them in regards to their health care as well as just look at people's options with planned parenthood and what would happen if that were to be defunded we would like to know what questions or concerns you have about health care reach out to us on twitter at cronkite news or facebook at Cronkite News online, or fill out our feedback form on our website, cronkitenews.azpbs.org podcast. In Focus is a production of Cronkite News at Arizona PBS from Arizona State University's The Walter Cronkite School of Journalism and Mass Communication. I'm your host, Taya Francesca Price. Thanks for listening.